0: Some of them came up to me after last week's sermon centered around the hymn, O Holy Night, and they said to me, Chad, that has always been one of my favorite hymns. I love that hymn, and I didn't realize that it said all of that. It's not the way it is sometimes. We know a song, we say, man, that's, I love that song, and yet we really don't actually even know what it actually says. Just like the tune, like the music, sing along. Sometimes this can be a good thing, sometimes it can be a bad thing. Well, I had one of those moments this week. When we started to talk about the sermon series a while back, Mark asked me, "Can we, on the 16th, can we do the hymn, "O come all ye faithful?" We were looking at doing it maybe another week, and I was debating between some different ones, but Mark said, "Can we do that hymn, "O come all ye faithful" on December 16th, because we'd like to do that song after your sermon and, and have that kind of be the focus. And I said, "Yeah, that won't be a problem." But this week when I went to write my sermon, I realized I had no idea really what this song was about, which kind of surprised me. The thousands of times that I've sung this song and, and when Mark asked me about it and, he, and I thought, oh, come all you ye faithful. Yeah, I can, I can write something about that. I mean, about how we need to be faithful in coming to God and about how God takes us us uh, sinners, we can come as sinners and God makes us faithful. I thought, oh, there's a lot of different ways we can go with it. And then when I read, read through just a cursory quick reading uh, this earlier this week of this hymn, of this carol, I realized that, that the focus is not primarily about what God does for us, the faithful in that moment. That us coming to Jesus as, as sinners... Well, this is something we should all do. That's not really the focal point of this song. And when I realized that, I got a little worried and I thought, okay, well, what am I going to say? And so I, so I read through the song again and I thought, what, what do I want to talk about with this hymn? And I decided I'd look up the history of the song and, and, and I thought, well, maybe the history of the song would... would trigger something in my mind, trigger a little direction of the way I want to go. You may remember from last week, "Oh Holy Night had all these little pithy stories with it about the history of it, and there's more stories related to "Oh Holy Night that, that we could have included. And I thought, well, maybe if I read the history, it'll trigger the direction of this message. And here's the history that I read, and if you read in your bulletins, you'll see that there's even some uh, debate about the history of this history that I'm going to read to you. But I read this, that it was originally written in Latin. It was given the title Adeste Fidelis. This history that I read credited to John Francis Wade, although it may have some Portuguese uh, roots to it. It was an 18th century, who was an 18th century hymnist. It was translated in English in 1841 by a guy named Frederick Oakley. And that is where we get the hymn, O Come All Ye Faithful. And that's the history. There's absolutely nothing pithy about that at all. I didn't stimulate any thoughts at all. I thought, well, this is, this is no good. So I prayed, Lord, this is why I can never let Mark choose my sermon topics. <laughs> now I prayed, Lord, help me. I went back and read the lyrics again. Beautiful, beautiful lyrics of this beautiful hymn. And I realized something about this hymn, that it, something that's communicated, and as I thought about it in light of the Christmas story, something struck me. The lyrics are, O come all ye faithful, O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem, come and behold him, born the king of ages, O come let us adore him, O come let us adore him, O come let us adore him, him, Christ the Lord, Sing choirs of angels, sing in exultation. Sing all ye citizens of heaven above. Glory to God, all glory in the highest. And then, O come, let us adore him again. The third verse. Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. Jesus, to thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. And when I read it, it finally got through my thick skull. And I realized that this is telling the story of what happened on that Christmas in that first Christmas season. I realize that this is this is directing us to the story that that really clarifies and 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 codifies the priority of the Christian. It really clarifies and and and, and, and lays out for us what should be the priority of the Christmas season. The entire Christmas story is a living parable of what every Christian life should be focused on, not just at Christmas, but year round. I realize that as wonderful as the beauty and the, and the splendor of the decorations are, and as, as wonderful as, as the beauty and the splendor of the season is, and as much fun as we have giving gifts and, and receiving gifts, the season that society has largely created often misses the mark of what the entire Christmas story focuses on at the very beginning of time. But this hymn seems to hit it right on target. There are three groupings. There are three groupings we see in the Christmas story. Three groups of, of, of people or 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 other beings that, that we tend to focus on at Christmas season. What are those three groups that we, we tend to focus on at, at the Christmas season? Who are they? The shepherds. I heard shepherds. Who else? Wise men and a, and a third one that's not human, but angels. angels. I mean, if you go to any Christmas play, right, you go to any Christmas play, what are your kids going to be dressed up as? Shepherds, wise men, or angels? Like one, or, one kid gets to be Joseph, and one kid gets to be Mary, and then there gets to be a, a plastic doll that gets to be Jesus. But but everyone else is a shepherd, an angel or a wise man. My kid, we went to a thing this week and my my youngest son Levi, he was a wise man and he had his he had a single line and gold. It was he would delivered it majestically. It was amazing. But he was a wise man. That's what we focus on those three groupings. And as I thought about those three groupings, I thought about the story in Luke chapter 2. And what we've read already today and what we will continue to read. And in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 7, the Bible tells us that, that Mary gave birth to her firstborn son, who was Jesus. And she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no place for them in the end. And the Bible tells us in that same region there were shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. The Bible tells us in verse 10 of chapter 2 that the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And we talked about this last week, and we praise the Lord This it is great news for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And then the angel tells them what the sign will be. And then the Bible tells us in verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts singing praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. The Bible tells us that when the angels went away, the shepherds said, let us go and find out what this thing is that we've heard of in Bethlehem. And they go and they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger just that it had been told to them. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And the Bible tells us in verse 18, all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured up all these things in her heart. And verse 20 tells us that the shepherds then left glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and all that they had seen as it had been told to them. Then in the book of Matthew, the other part of the Christmas story that we read in Matthew chapter 2 beginning in verse 1, the Bible tells us that after Jesus had been born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They came to Jerusalem because they had seen a star and they were looking for the one who had been born king of the Jews. And they said, we have come to worship him. And then in verse nine, the Bible tells us, behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Three groups, the angels, the shepherds, and the wise men, they all have one thing in common. They all have one thing in common. When they realize the magnitude of the moment, their natural response, what they do is they praise and they worship the Savior, Jesus Christ. Last week we were singing the song, O Holy Night, and and I was sitting, I was standing here on the front row, and we were singing Oh Holy Night," and just hearing all of you sing behind me and hearing the choir sing in front of me, uh, I, I just was moved in that moment. There was something in me that was moved, and and I had my eyes closed and I was holding the hymnal, but but I, I raised my hand just a little bit. I didn't raise it too high because I didn't want to scare any of you um, uh, uh, with with uh, my my Pentecostal ways. But I but I raised my hand. Just a little bit. And as I raised my hand, I thought to myself, this seems funny. I don't normally think of Christmas songs as, as, as worship songs. You know, I've raised my hands at other songs over the course of my life. Hope that doesn't worry any of you too much. But, but I don't think of Christmas songs normally as hand-raising songs. You know, we sing them all the time. We're so familiar with them. They're, they're comfortable. We know them. We just go along. But in that moment, there was just something in me that, that had this desire To worship. To worship. I think of those angels. They talk about Jesus and their their inclination. Suddenly, the Bible says, they began praising God and singing to God. The shepherds, they go and they see Jesus. And the Bible says they left that place praising God and celebrating God. The wise men come, and when they find Jesus, they fall on their knees and they worship God. They praise God. This natural response in the first encounter is to praise and to worship God. God, and I realize that before it is about anything else, before it is about anything else, Christmas is about worshiping our God. That's why we come here today. But it's not just for this moment. It should be really the priority of our entire journey. It's interesting that Jesus' intro to humanity is not Jesus teaching or preaching some amazing sermon. The Bible could have, could have left all, all the stuff about the birth maybe and just gone straight to his first sermon and he wowed us with a sermon. The Bible doesn't start out with uh, the introduction of Jesus, it, 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 him sitting with sinners and, and eating with sinners and, and tax collectors. The Bible could have started with, out with that and we could have been awed and impressed with, with who Jesus is as a kind and, and gracious person. The Bible doesn't start out with Jesus performing miracles and healing or, or feeding the 5,000. The, the very intro to our introduction to Jesus as a human being on this earth is people worshiping him and angels worshiping him. In fact, two other stories that appear that we don't often include in the, 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 the Christmas story. But the Bible tells us when it had come for the, the tradition eight days after Jesus had been born, they took him to the temple for Jesus to be circumcised. And the Bible tells us that there in the temple, there was a man that came up to them by the name of Simeon. And Simeon said that God had shared with him, had shown him that before he died, he would meet the Savior. And Simeon now sees sees Jesus, Mary and Joseph bringing Jesus in, and he realizes this is the Savior. And what does he do? He praises God. He praises God for that opportunity to meet the Savior. Savior. And then they go on from Simeon, and there's this lady there by the name of Anna. And Anna has been in the temple day and night praying, day and night praying. And suddenly she sees Jesus, and she realizes this is the Messiah. And the Bible says that she then praises God and blesses them and gives glory to God. Their immediate reaction is worship. Isn't it interesting that the first four encounters with humanity that appear in the Bible... All are moments of people coming and worshiping the Savior. We try to reach Jesus through intellectual assent and, and an abundance of knowledge, and all these things are good. We, we, we say if we just do enough social deeds, we do good, then, then we're giving honor to God, and that is true. We do give honor to God in that way. But, but the very beginning, it seems that God's trying to tell us That our, that our first response, our first connection to Jesus, that thing within us that should be moved is the recognition that this is the one that we should worship. That really, that is what Christmas is all about. There's a lot of dialogue about people saying we want to bring Christ back into Christmas. You might have heard that, that, that talk in fact, there's been some news stories this, this past couple of weeks about how, how because certain civil officials are using the word Christmas at all, oh, we're so glad that, that someone's brought Christ back into Christmas. I think if Christians really wanted to bring ultimate value to Christmas, we would find ourselves praising our Lord like the angels. We would find ourselves praising the Lord like the shepherds. We would find ourselves praising praising the Lord like the wise men. We would leave this place and people would say, those people have been worshiping the Savior. Truly, if we wanted to really make Christmas about Christ, we would follow the call of this great hymn. And in every aspect of this season, and in every aspect of our lives, we would follow the appeal, Oh, come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us adore him, Christ our Lord.